Welcome to Writers Forum, a weekly presentation of WRBHFM. I'm Sherry Alexander, and this week we're talking to Earl Higgins, author most recently of 100 Catholic Things to Do Before You Die. <laughs> Welcome back to Writers Forum, Earl. Thank you. Glad to be here. You are the quintessential yat. In fact, one of your <laughs> books is on yat Catholicism, but you weren't you you weren't an author. You you were uh, professionally you were a lawyer. I, I was I was, but I was uh, I, I I did as a lawyer. I was doing a lot of writing and a lot of editing because that was uh, the last the last work I did as a lawyer was to uh, review other lawyers writing at the U.S. Court of Appeals Fifth Circuit. Yeah, you were quite, I remember when I came here, you were quite prominent. Um, and you're a New Orleans boy all the way. All the way, all Christened. the way. Of course, you went to Jesuit I, I, high school. I, in fact, coming coming here, I passed my, my first home on, on Camp Street right off of uh, uh, Napoleon Avenue, across the street from St. Stephen's Church, where I was baptized. Baptized, right? yep. Mm-hmm. So you've stuck around and, um, you know, participated in the life of New Orleans, yes. and Mardi Gras crew, and you were in the Naval Reserve for a long time. You were a commander. 22, 22 years in the Reserve after four years of active duty, yes. Well, you're quite an esteemed lawyer and a profess- Thank you. professional, but you're also quite an esteemed writer nowadays. Um, you've written three books. Let's just mention the second, because that's on a different topic, uh, Metairie Ames High. That's on the streets of Jefferson Parish. The streets of Jefferson Parish. It was modeled after uh, the very, very popular and successful Frenchman Desire Good Children. Yeah, John Chase's John book. John Chase's book, which has been around since 1949. Well, I enjoyed reading it a lot, and I had no idea of the... Um, the variety of names. I haven't spent as much time in Jefferson Parish. For those of you not lucky enough to be from Louisiana, uh, we're on the web, of course. Um, parishes are counties, and Jefferson Parish is the next county over, the next parish over. Um, very colorful names. Well, the first time you came here, you had written a book called The Joy of Yat Catholicism. Yes. That's why I took the liberty of saying you were a yat, <laughs> knowing some people might take offense, but... Um, not, not anymore. <laughs> proud of it. Um, I noticed you dedicated um, that book to Bill Rittenberg, a lawyer who's been a friend of yours for, since law school. Since law school, right. And you um, dedicated it. I went to the launch of this new book, and Bill was sitting in front of me, and um, you mentioned that even though he's not Catholic, um, on on times, everybody in New Orleans is Catholic. Well, yeah, well, that's what he was one of the principal inspirations for writing The Joy of Yad Catholicism, because he's he's Jewish, and, and he's, a, like me, he's a native New Orleanian and spent just about all of his life here, and uh, he, he uh, made the comment at one time to me, maybe more than once, uh, that uh, New Orleans is so Catholic that even the Jews are Catholic. <laughs> and that that's, that's I kept thinking about that. I, I got to write this up some kind of a way. Right? And then I dedicated it to him because he has a, uh, a ritual on Holy Thursday 
that he's done for many, many, many years, because he was involved with the civil rights movement in the, in the 70s, and they would meet at uh, Dookie Chase's restaurant. And so every Holy Thursday, Bill goes to Dookie Chase's restaurant for uh, eating uh, green gumbo. The, 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 that's, that's part of the, the old New Orleans tradition you eat. It's called gumbo zarb. Gumbo zarb is what you eat on Holy Thursday, green gumbo. And we've just heard quite a bit about Dookie Chase because um, the wonderful Miss Leah Chase passed away this month. And so there's been all kinds of tributes to her. And um, I saw a documentary that um, Michelle Miller did a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. was on public TV last week. And um, we've been thinking a lot about Miss Leah lately. Um, well, anyway, some of what you wrote in the... Uh, joy of Yad Catholicism was describing this, this was a Catholic city and in fact I became a tour guide a couple of years ago and I learned that at one time before we were a state the law said you had to be Catholic to live in Louisiana which I had no idea it was it was never really enforced there was uh, in, in fact uh, the, the esteemed uh, uh, Père Antoine, who, who was actually Spanish despite his French name, he was uh, Padre, Padre de Cidea. He was the parish priest at uh, St. Louis Church before it was a cathedral. And uh, he, he was, had, had, had himself appointed the commissary of the Spanish Inquisition. And Père Antoine was trying to establish the Inquisition in Louisiana. And that meant that everybody who came into Louisiana during the Spanish colonial period uh, would have to be Catholic or would have to convert to Catholicism, otherwise they'd be tossed out. And governor, uh, the Spanish governor, Miro, didn't like that because he, he was trying to populate the colony, which was very sparsely populated. And uh, so he, he uh, they got into a tussle, and Governor Miro sent um, Père Antoine back to Spain. And uh, but but uh, Antoine returned later, after Miro had been promoted and after the cathedral had been built, and then he was very pop, very popular. But he was one that that wanted to put the, the Inquisition into Louisiana, which would have done what, what you said, Red. Well, it wasn't the Inquisition, but definitely everybody <laughs> presented as Catholic um, if they wanted to get anywhere sure. at the time. And of course, with statehood, that went away. But still, um, the time you write about in Yat Catholicism, the 1950s, 1960s, the city was still predominantly Catholic. Oh yes. Well, the 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 idea is that that uh, the Catholicism pervades the culture of New Orleans. It has affected, of course, the place names uh, and uh, how we uh, actually the the the, um, the calendar because every everything is figured from before or after Mardi Gras or around king cakes and and that sort of thing. And of course, we have the saints. The saints are are. <laughs> you know, the, the, the great image of the city. And um, you were telling us at your launch how you came to write this book, Pelican 
because you had written the book on Yat Catholicism, and somebody else had written a book for Pelican, something like a hundred Jewish things to do before you die. That's correct. So then they came to you, Mr. Catholic, and said, "Yeah, I, I suppose that uh, Pelican looked upon me as the the go-to Catholic, you know, <laughs> because the uh, the joy of Yat Catholicism had been uh, more successful than they." than they had anticipated. I know that, right? It's very popular. Yeah, right. And uh, so I, I became the, the, the go-to on-duty Catholic so they could come. You want to write this book? I said, sure, I can write it. There's a piece of cake coming up with, <laughs> with a, a hundred Catholic things to do. So Well, and you um, organized it somewhat similarly in that you go through the um, church calendar. Yes. Um, the one... We're not going to have time, obviously, to talk about a hundred things. So, dealer's choice here. I'm going to pick a couple, if that's all right. All that, right. that I found interesting. Um, you start with Advent, and you talk about reciting the Christmas anticipation prayer. Right. Uh-huh. On the feast of Saint Andrew. Tell us about that. That that is a very old devotion. That is, uh, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know how many people still do it, but it's still around. And uh, it, it's a, a prayer I, I learned from uh, mostly from my great aunt, who was uh, very much the old-fashioned New Orleans Catholic, and she lived to be 101. And she, she would call up my mother on uh, November the 30th, which is the, the, the Feast of St. Andrew, and uh, say, did you start the prayer yet? Because the the, the prayer of uh, St. Andrew, the Christmas anticipation prayer, uh, has to be recited according to the rules 15 times a day. It's very short, but you have to recite it 15 times a day, every day until Christmas. And then once you do that, your whatever petition you're asking is would be granted and you'd be ensured that you'll get into heaven or something something like that. But it's a very flowery prayer, and it, um, uh, I imagine it gets, by, by, by Christmas time, you should be able to do it in your sleep. You probably do. <laughs> probably do, right. Do you, do you know uh, many people that practice that today? or that... I, know, I know one of my sisters does, and uh, there was, I'm at, at one of the book signings, uh, I did in the East East Jefferson um, Library, the regional library. A couple of ladies told me that they they did it. So yes, it's still being done, but I'm sure that very few young people have even heard about it, let alone recite it. I I've since I moved here, I didn't grow up here. Um, I've been associated with two different groups of what some people call cradle Catholics, you know, born and yes. raised in New Orleans as Catholics. And I asked both groups, you know, do they do it? And they they, they never even heard of St. Andrew's Day. And they're <laughs> of an age, I mean, you know. Well, well one, one of the things about, about Catholicism I was aware of and why it made writing the book pretty easy is that Catholicism has so many different manifestations and so many different uh, devotions that people will do 
whether they're ethnically uh, connected or, or just uh, something old-fashioned or they've been around or they've come and gone. And there are just so many of them. So it's, it's not, not, very, uh, not very hard to come up with 100. Yeah. And it might be what part of town you're raised in and what church you went to. You uh, know, maybe the... part of it. Uh, but maybe may also, uh, uh, you, you know, what, um, you know, eth- ethnic, you know, like Italians may have, you know, specific devotion to certain Italian saints, certainly St. Saint Joseph, you know, or uh, in New Orleans, of course, we all have our devotion to uh, Our Lady of Prompt Sucker, which outside of the Gulf Coast, nobody's heard of, heard of that, that particular, but uh, that, that's just one of many. Well, um, related to Christmas time, you say um, one of the 100 things you might want to do if you're a Catholic is construct an accurate nativity scene. Are you saying uh, Jesus didn't look like uh, a northern European? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that always uh, comes to me every every year at Christmas time, and I have an old-fashioned Christmas crash scene that I set up. The, uh, the some of the figures are older than I am. I'm sure it's been around the family, but my uh, my sister and her family. They have a, a crash scene which has probably well over a hundred uh, items in it, and it's it's something that's uh, the uh, it's made of wood and it comes out of the out of Germany, so it's it's carved so it's as if Jesus was born in this German barn. And with these German-looking people around him, and and um, European animals, and and so forth, and snow, and and snow, right? Well, it's really hard for most of us who grew up in this country to picture um, what you call an accurate well, it's it's nativity also, scene. Also, having been um, privileged to be present at the the birth of my children. Uh, the uh, and seeing what birth is is actually like, not just my children. My my wife was a, a physician, and uh, when she was in medical school, we got married when she was in medical school, and 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 she brought me into Old Charity Hospital, and to watch deliveries. I wasn't supposed to be there, but I I, I, I sort of assumed we'll assumed the position of a medical student, which I wasn't. And so I saw I saw uh, deliveries in old charity, and that was quite an ordeal. And then my own children, and um, the nativity of, of Jesus, as we has been depicted in art and crib scene, is nothing like what it's real. <laughs> yeah. One thing, if you if you notice, I put in there is, um, and I suppose this is the influence of my wife. As a uh, a female a female uh, healthcare person, there are no women other than Mary at the nativity and you, of Jesus. You point out maybe there where's, probably would have been midwife. Where's the midwife? Right. <laughs> you know those those shepherds and and, and Joseph. They're not going to do that. Right. that uh, in those days, that that would that would have been a midwife. Well. Well, we must say, I mean, everything you're doing is, um, well, I, I'm sure you didn't seek the imprimatur of the church or anything. It's not sacrilegious, but it's a very lighthearted uh, look at these practices, you know, respectful. 
um, and you're certainly in a position to um, comment on these things. You know, that was that was what I was working at, and thank you for that comment because it it was um, at times making sure that I was writing and it was light and entertaining and informative, but without uh, um, being uh, insulting or, or flippant, or mocking, fli or, nothing, or, mocking you know, or something. It's very respectful. Well, I'm writing about devotion here, and and devotion is very important and very serious to people, and uh, it's not something you should make fun of. But you're not questioning any of the precepts of the church. You're not political. You no, know, you're just no. talking about the way people live out um, Catholicism. That's right. Today. That's right. Well, another uh, a saint that I hadn't heard of till I moved here, um, and you discuss. Uh, you could re one of the hundred things you could do is recite a blessing on Saint Blaise's day. I'd never heard of Saint Blaise. Saint, Saint Blaise, yeah. Saint Blaise is is observed uh, not as much in in New Orleans as it once was, but New Orleans is not the only place. Saint Saint Blaise is the patron saint of. Uh, diseases uh, and uh, medical medical conditions of the throat. And St. Blaise's Day, February 3rd, was a day when I was in grade school. The children, would we would go into the church and we would have uh, a blessing of the throats. Because it comes the day after uh, the day the candles are blessed, uh, February 2nd. And so... We would line up and with crossed candles, the priest would uh, put crossed candles under, under, the, under the throat. The candles aren't lighted, I'm kind of <laughs> but the candles are blessed. And there was a very quick prayer for the invocation of St. Blaise to protect uh, protect us from uh, d diseases of uh, of the throat and obstructions. You also suggest... Um Saint, you might pray to Saint Anthony, or as I hear it around here, Antony. Antony, Antony, Antony. Saint Anthony is known everywhere, right? And um, Saint Saint Anthony is so popular. There's a, a, a colleague of mine, an acquaintance, that uh, he, he claims not to. He claims to be an unbeliever. He doesn't believe in anything. Doesn't go to church. Doesn't says he doesn't believe in God. I'm sure he does, but he says he doesn't. But he says he believes in Saint Anthony. <laughs> so when you lose things, you pray to Saint Anthony, and it shows up. People people do that around here all the time. I do it. Everybody I know does it. So even people who are not really believers, but you believe in Saint Anthony. Well, and another one um, that you mention in this book, so it's done other places, but again, I had never heard of it till I moved here. Uh, uh, the practice when you want to sell your house, Saint Joseph. You, oh, that's all over. That's, yeah. yeah that, that's, I mean, of course, of course, it's done in New Orleans where we have such devotion to Saint Joseph, but that's, that's all over. Um, that that is a a very a very strange. Um, it's not a devotion. It's actually it's a superstition. Is what it is, but people people do it anyway. And you bury a little statue a of little Saint statue Joseph. A statue upside down, facing the house. So if it's and, in the backyard. No, it's in the front yard. Yeah, but if you do it in the backyard, you said you don't do it upside down, so it'll. It's got to face the house. And if it's yeah, in the front the, yard, it's yeah, upside there down. There are kits. You can buy a kit 
with all it's got the statue and the directions. I bought and so, one too. <laughs> In fact, I wrote a column on it. You know, I'm a journalist. Um, I was buying a house. I got confused, ah. but I got a house on Joseph Street. I said, on Joseph? Oh, well, very good. <laughs> so it worked for the sellers anyway. Now, the Holy Name Society, I've been hearing of that, but I never knew really what it was. And it's tied in with cursing. With what? Cussing, cursing, vulgarity. Well, among other things. Among, that was the, the, origi- the original idea. And it's, um, it's probably fading, like so, so many of these devotions that are, are group-oriented. Group um, uh, par- most parishes would have a Holy Name Society, and it's uh, people who would get together one Sunday a month for prayers, and they 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 pledge they pledge to each other for uh, uh, for le- leading a um, you know a holy life, and it probably goes back to the time when because um, because every uh, we we hear foul language everywhere now, so on on uh, television movies much more than they used to be, but in the in the old days probably it was men getting around, and it was mostly men that the Holy Name Society was for, so that they would, uh, you don't you don't talk around the ladies or anything, but how it was, you don't use the name uh, of Jesus You're in blasphemy, vain. Yeah. yeah. And it's to be respectful of the, the Holy Name of Jesus. But it just kind of got extended to other vulgarities. Right, right. Um, what about... Um, one of my favorites on your list here is to read Catholic fiction, and you just describe so many wonderful authors: um, C.S. Lewis, uh, oh, Chesterton, 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 of course, right? You got nothing but the Father Brown, Father, the Father Brown <laughs> mysteries, right, right. My, you know, my, they're on TV. They're, uh, yes, right, right. But uh, I, I'm not that fan, much of a fan of Chesterton. My, my, uh, I like. Uh, uh, um, Graham Greene. Graham Greene. Graham Greene is... Well, he's a whiskey priest. I mean, is Well, he, he struggled. Graham, Graham struggled. All, uh, Green struggled all of his life with his Catholicism. It was, it was, it was almost like it was a... Uh, 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 something that was chasing yeah. him and, and was, was... And his uh, uh, power and the glory, fantastic thing. Uh, the the bur- a burnt-out case... Another one. Well, and, Flannery O'Connor. Yeah, Flannery O'Connor, one. sure, right. And of course, our own Walker Percy. Walker Percy, right. Um, and he had he taught actually one semester. Um, um, uh, uh, was on the faculty at Loyola for a long time, and he spent some time on the faculty there. And we had a Walker Percy Center for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Um, well, anyway, I thought that was just a wonderful thought that really has nothing to do with rituals of the church, but what a wonderful suggestion, Catholic things to do. Well, the, the reading and the fiction makes you identify, you, you sense your identity as, as Catholic with, with the authors, you know, and, and with what they are, how they are expressing Catholicism. Well, and you threw in there play bingo. <laughs> that's play bingo. That's now that we have legalized gambling everywhere. You don't have to play bingo. To bingo used to be used to be Catholic, Catholic gambling is what it is. <laughs> well, and it was legal gambling. It's legal, right? I mean, we had a. I mean, 
Tyler Bridges wrote a whole book about all the illegal gambling going on around here mm-hmm. and all over the country, of course. There was illegal gambling before all these lotteries and casinos. But the Catholics have had bingo for a long time. Yes. Well, and the last one, we don't have too much time left, um, is uh, you did a very, I thought, touching um, description of um, the sacrament. Well, it's now called, it used to be extreme unction. Extreme unction. And and now it's called the sacrament of the anointing of the sick. Right. And um, I... Uh, that is my the, the last entry in the book is that because that's the last the last thing before you die you get an uh, should be anointed and I wrote that uh, I was writing writing the um, items in order and that was the last one uh, before my wife died just actually just a few days before before she died so it, it was it was very and and I, I knew she was dying. And and uh, maybe it was a week a week before, and and she, uh, she, I was present with one of my sons at at her at her death, and it was it was very moving because we'd called the priest and uh, and she was she was slipping, so I said you have you got to come quickly quickly so he did, and uh, she died as as he anointed her. And well, my son and poignant. I were, were, were present. Sorry for your loss. And it wasn't that long ago. It was just... Two and a half years ago. Two and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. Well, as I said, this book is very enjoyable, and it's especially enjoyable if you like the um, Yak Catholicism, but you're not lucky enough to live here. Um, here's a hundred Catholic things to do before you die, and you don't even have to live in New Orleans. Right. In fact, you don't even have to be Catholic to um, right. enjoy reading these and... You know, certainly we're ecumenical enough nowadays that everybody has friends who are Catholic, even if they're if they're not Catholic. And um, it's a Pelican book, so you can get it anywhere. You can get it online or whatever. Well, thank you. You've been listening to Writers Forum, and we want to thank our guest this week, Earl Higgins, author most recently of 100 Catholic Things to Do Before You Die. I'm Sherry Alexander for WRBH. Thank you. Thank you.